Hi, and welcome to the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Madhu Anikrishnan, the editor of Skift Airline Weekly. And I'm joined here today by Airline Weekly senior analyst and co-founder, Jay Shabbat. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Madhu. So let's talk Air Europa. International Airlines Group caused some waves yesterday on, well, Monday, November 4th, by announcing the acquisition, its intention to acquire Spanish airline Air Europa. So this is something that, I mean, it's very interesting, and we'll get into that, but this is something um, Airline Weekly wasn't too surprised by, right? Not not really, um, if only because uh, there were reports uh, surfacing about a year and a half ago. Uh, there was uh, one Spanish publication in particular called uh, Preferente, El Preferente um, that reported that IAG was, uh, was indeed talking to Air Europa about a possible acquisition. Um, it's something that uh, that we've discussed in Airline Weekly on, on several occasions, including in a feature story that we ran on Air Europa uh, back in February of this year. So not terribly surprising, no. Uh, the timing was, uh, you know, I don't think anybody was expecting it to be right now, but uh, not terribly surprising, no. The, the logic is there, too, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into, but uh, it's not uh, something from out of the blue by any means. Yeah, so what's in it for IAG? From the beginning, the, the, the clear, obvious, uh, most direct reason why um, IAG is doing this is because Iberia uh, happens to be, um, pro- I'd probably say, the least uh, profitable major airline within the IAG group. Um, I think Wailing's margins were a little bit lower last year, and then Iberia's was a little bit lower than Wailing's year before. But certainly Iberia is not, as, not nearly as profitable as British Airways and Aerolingus. And one of the reasons why is that uh, they face a major competitor on uh, their Latin America routes. And Latin America is kind of everything for Iberia. So by doing this, by buying Air, buying Air Europa, you're essentially eliminating your major competitor, which should be theoretically, uh, you know, overnight uh, creative to profit margins. Well, look, let's back up a little and talk about uh, Air Europa a little bit for people who aren't familiar. What? Can you tell us a little bit about Air Europa, its fleet, and where it operates? Yeah, so Air Europa is part of a uh, tour operator um, called uh, Globalia, uh, based in Spain. And uh, a lot of their business, uh, they've been around for a while, um, for a couple decades now. A lot of their business is flying Spanish tourists down to the Balearic and Canary Islands and um, but, but over the years, starting in the 2000s, they started building up uh, quite a significant uh, overseas Latin American business. And of course, that's, that's a, this, the market between Spain and Latin America is just naturally very big. There's, uh, you know, there are reasons for that, the historical links between the two, two places and uh, common language. So uh, Air Europa um, began taking advantage of that challenging Iberia uh, years ago in Iberia before the IAG, before IG bought Iberia, um, when Iberia was still a very dysfunctional carrier. Um, and then over the years, um, Air Europa has, has built up quite a formidable business there, um, even investing in new planes. Um, uh, 787s are now flying um, a lot of those Latin American routes. And in the meantime, Iberia was kind of behind on investing in their wide-body aircraft. Um, they're getting 350s now. So Air Europa was uh, kind of a, a first mover on, on fleet renewal in some of those markets. 
and uh, Iberia was sort of left behind with some of their old A340s. So where where does uh, where does Air Europa fly those seven eights? Yeah, well they're um, they're all they're deployed all over uh, Latin America. Um, they ha- actually have a Brazilian operation that's uh, similar in size to Iberia, um, and they fly to a lot of the uh, other major uh, markets in in South America and the Caribbean, including you know the Bogotas of the world and Buenos Aires, and th- they're big in the Dominican Republic. Cuba is another big market for them. A lot of these uh, markets were. They uh, compete head to head with Iberia, and in addition to the the seven eight sevens, there are other uh, fleet type that they use for Latin America or A three thirties, which are which are good aircraft as well. Certainly more efficient than a lot of than the A three forties that Iberia is still, uh, you know, flying in decent number. Right. Well, uh, let's back. One thing you mentioned there. You, um, so. Air Europa is now owned by a tour operator. Uh, why do you have any insight into why or thoughts on why uh, the company is selling the the airline now? Well, Globalia is a it's a family owned company, so there are you know family considerations involved. Uh, it's clear from recent reports that they've been interested in selling or um, at least part of the company in recent years. There was a separate report. Um, a while back that they were uh, interested in perhaps selling a state to Air France KLM. Yeah, the, another reason that we didn't discuss uh, when you asked me about IAG's motivations for this deal, one of them uh, is that Air France was forming uh, a joint venture with Air Europa. Oh, interesting. And um, yeah, and that was that was a deal that was um, struck, I believe, earlier this year. Um, and, uh, that was, that was somewhat of a threat to Iberia. So by, you know, through this transaction, they kind of arrest that threat. Um, Air France is now out in the cold and, and uh, on their, on their plans. Um, interestingly, Air Europa also had a, uh, a brief alliance with Ryanair. It was an interline deal, nothing too extensive. Um, but it kind of fizzled out after a while. It didn't really, didn't really work well. But it did sort of signal um, Globalia's intentions to form some t- to form some ties with other carriers. I mean, there was clearly that intention, if not a full uh, a full sale like the one we're seeing now. There was a clear intention to uh, you know to team up with other airlines. It, it seemed to to need alliances. Hmm. Now, um, here's something that's kind of a head scratcher for me, and maybe you can explain it. This is now IAG's third Spanish airline, and by some counts, it might even be its fifth Spanish airline. Why is IAG so interested in Spain, or, or airlines based in Spain? Right, right. Well, they have uh, Whaling, and they have Level, and Iberia Express, and and uh, Iberia, of course, and others. Uh, well, Spain is it's uh, it's not so much that they want to have so many multiple airlines. It's uh, each each sort of serves its own purpose. Now, we talked about Air Europa. Um, they say IAG for now says it's going to Air Europe is going to remain a separate brand, but I would guess that over time it would become part of Iberia. So um there's you know one one fewer brand right there over time. Um Iberia Express is is more uh that was created sort of as an, a labor a labor arbitrage type deal where they were fighting with the unions and they sort of you know did that they needed to create a separate company to achieve their goals. Um, Voiling was a situation where they needed a low cost carrier. They had the opportunity to buy one. So they did. 
Um, so it's, it's not, I, I wouldn't say that IAG had some grand ambition to, uh, you know, have a mass collection of airlines <laughs> in Spain. And just, just these are the opportunities that sort of came along over time. Got it. Okay. Um, well, you know, now that they have all these airlines in Spain or they will have all these airlines in Spain and they're buying one of Iberia's main competitors, are there any regulatory concerns to the deal going forward? There, there absolutely are. Um, it's two, two competitors that compete on, you know, just so many of the same Latin American routes. Um, and, and there are, you know, even some short haul routes where they overlap quite a few, actually. Um, competitors are, are no doubt going to take a look. Um, and when I say our competition authorities will no doubt take a look and, um, that will include the authorities in Europe, but also in, in Latin America as well. Um, and we saw what happened with, uh, IAG's plans to form a joint venture with LATAM. The, uh, Supreme Court of Chile decided that, uh, that was not, um, compliant with regulatory. Right. So it was essentially illegal, uh, in terms of their competition laws. Um, which, which in turn is another reason why IG is doing this, by the way, doing this deal is because the, uh, they don't really see a smooth future with LATAM anymore, especially after Delta made, made its LATAM well, investment. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, so they, they will absolutely, regulators from around the world will absolutely look at this deal, scrutinize this deal. IEG will make the argument that, hey, look, we lost, uh, LATAM as a partner. Um, they've also been already saying that, uh, by creating this, uh, you know, Spanish based giant, Air Europa and Iberia together can form effective competition to, uh, you know, airports and Madrid will be effective competitor to airports like, uh, Amsterdam, which only has essentially one big airline, KLM, and even, you know, Frankfurt essentially only has one big airline. Uh, so they will be, you know, that's been the next, uh, half year, whatever it takes, uh, putting together arguments um, for, for the antitrust officials, for sure. Well, I want to get to Madrid in a second, um, but let's let's talk about this, uh, the possible regulatory um, landmines ahead for for this merger. Um, do you think, uh, at the very least, the two carriers are, uh, will have to shed some roots, right? Yeah, it's possible. They might, you know, say, well, you're not, you know, you can't fly uh, whatever you may have to give some slots in Sao Paulo or something. Now, Air Europa does not have any Heathrow slots. Mm. Madrid is not a particularly slot-constrained airport. So I'm not sure that there are too many remedies that um, competition authorities can look at in that area. Um, but it's possible. Right. And getting back to Madrid, um, so now, I mean, this sort of – am I am I crazy here? Or does this sort of solidify Madrid – could this solidify Madrid's status as a major European hub? Because it's kind of lagged behind the Skipples and Frankfurts and Heathrow's of the world, right? Right. Uh, well, we have to, you know, sort of take take things um, in perspective. It's uh, Madrid uh, is, has is and will always be a great Latin America hub because right. of what you know we discussed earlier about. There's just so many uh, links, uh, commercial links between Spain and Latin America. What Madrid lacks, um, and what other, some of the bigger hubs in Europe have, um, are very strong links to Asia, for example, hmm. or, um, Europe happens to have a lot of specialist hubs, like Portugal happens to be just a great hub for Brazil and a great hub for, you know, Portuguese speaking places in Africa. And Brussels happens to be a best, a great hub for, uh, Portuguese, uh, sorry, French, former Be Belgian colonies in Africa. 
Um, there's a lot of things like that throughout Europe. Um, but there's really, if you look at, you know, the, the Londons, the Amsterdams, the Frankfurts and the Parises of the world, um, it's, it, it's hard to envision Madrid ever, uh, reaching that sort of scale because, um, Madrid, well, one, it's, it is, uh, you know, just in, the Spain, the Spanish economy is just, uh, it's smaller than, for example, the German or the UK economies. Uh, that, that's one thing and the, the income levels are, are lower. Um, and then the other thing is, is, is simply the, uh, the geography doesn't work as well for Asia. Um, you know, a hub like Amsterdam is just very well positioned to attract connecting traffic from throughout the continent to just about everywhere, you know, going east, west, south. Um, Madrid really doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Willie Walsh, the, uh, the head of IAG did mention, um, in a call with investors that, uh, one ambition for Iberia is to further develop Asia. Now, they recently dipped their toe in the Madrid to Tokyo market as well as the Madrid to Shanghai market. Um, I, from what we can tell, it's those routes are doing fairly well, uh, particularly the Tokyo route. Um, could we see a Madrid to Beijing or, you know, Madrid to Hong Kong if, if conditions there get better? Uh, possibly. Will it ever be an Asian hub of the scale and formidable uh, power as an Amsterdam or Frankfurt? Probably not. All right. Well, Jay, I want to thank you for joining us on the uh, Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. And uh, thank you, Madhu. I look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you.